welcome. I am your host, Nicole Nyberg. I am a neonatal nurse practitioner and also a proud preemie mama to my son, William, who just happens to be a former 23-weeker. So if you are a current or former NICU parent, you have come to the right place. I have been exactly where you are and I know what you're going through. We will be discussing all things related to the neonatal intensive care unit for preterm and term infants, as well as some of the emotions and struggles parents endure along the way in the NICU and beyond. So tune in and get ready to become educated and empowered. This is the Empowering NICU Parents Podcast. While I make every effort to broadcast correct and up-to-date information, medicine is constantly evolving and advancing, and I continue to learn new things each day. Every NICU baby and their journey is different, and every institution varies in their practices as well. So please, always consult your obstetrician and your infant's physician for any medical issues or concerns. I am presenting from my personal experience and knowledge. My opinions do not represent that of my employers. It is our 50th podcast episode on the Empowering NICU Parents podcast. To celebrate it, we wanted to honor and hear from our NICU heroes, the NICU graduates. We featured several NICU graduates with ages ranging from 5 years old up to 36 years old. I was honored to be able to sit down with these amazing NICU graduates and learn their perspective even from my very own NICU graduate as we debut our first official interview together. I spoke with NICU graduates that were both born term and preterm with a variety of diagnoses. It is so interesting to hear what they recall or what they've been told about their story from their point of view. I thoroughly hope you enjoy the episode and are enlightened as we highlight the NICU graduate's viewpoint. You will not want to miss this episode. This episode of our podcast is sponsored by Dr. Brown's Medical. Dr. Brown's Medical strives to deliver valuable infant feeding products and programs to support professionals in providing positive feeding experiences for the infants in their care. Traditional feeding products and practices in the NICU are inconsistent and can result in poor feeding outcomes. All babies deserve positive feeding experiences for life. 100% of the top children's hospitals in the United States utilize Dr. Brown's effective feeding solutions. Dr. Brown's unique zero-resistance bottle systems, nipples with reliable flow rates, and the infant-driven feeding program are evidence-based standard of care practices that improve infant feeding outcomes. The Dr. Brown's medical team is available to provide support for you and your team to help achieve best practice results. Dr. Brown's medical provides four free webinars every year on various infant feeding topics and offers continuing education hours for nurses, occupational therapists, and speech language pathologists. Learn more at www.drbrownsmedical.com or Find the link in the show notes. Have you been searching for the perfect NICU journal and you've been unable to find it? At Empowering NICU Parents, we have created a comprehensive NICU journal called Our NICU Roadmap. The journal is specific for NICU infants and includes everything you've been looking for plus more. 
The journal has everything I felt was pertinent, both as a neonatal nurse practitioner and a former NICU mother. Our NICU roadmap provides a place for you to document all of your baby's progress while they're in the NICU. It will equip you with all of the necessary tools so you can confidently become an active member of your baby's care team. We have included educational resources to help you understand the NICU journey better, including, but not limited to, a detailed glossary that covers terms and abbreviations common to the NICU, and a NICU image to help you understand equipment commonly used in the NICU. Not sure what questions to even ask the NICU care team? We have you covered. The daily log guides you with questions to ask the care team, plus adequate space to document all of the pertinent updates for your baby each day. Next, we included specific areas to document all of the details on your amazing miracle, including birth stats, delivery details, weekly measurements, eye exam, and head ultrasound results. We also included a separate full journal section in the back to help you document and process all of your feelings and emotions throughout the journey. In our journal, you will find everything you need plus the finite details you have not even thought of yet. I promise you will look back on this and be amazed by your little one and all of their achievements, and it will be such a great keepsake. Go and grab your copy of our NICU Roadmap now on Amazon, or if you are interested in buying in bulk at a discounted price for your hospital or organization, head to empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash NICU journal to contact us and see additional details and images of our journal or find the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. Thank you again for your patience. As I took some time off for the summer and it took some time to prepare this amazing episode. For each guest, I will give you a brief synopsis prior to each of their interviews. But for more details on our NICU graduates' delivery and NICU stay, as well as their beautiful NICU and current pictures, please head over to our show notes at empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash episode 50. We will start with our youngest NICU graduate, Sophia. I previously worked with Sophia's mother, Marissa, in a NICU just south of Chicago. You will hear from Marissa later in the episode, as she was also a NICU graduate. Sophia, her daughter, though, was born on November 29th in 2017 at 40 weeks gestation. She was admitted to the NICU and diagnosed with hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy, or HIE. She underwent total body cooling and had a 13-day stay in the NICU. To learn more about HIE and whole body cooling, episodes 9 and 29 of our podcast will be a great resource for you. Today, Sophia is five years old and very excited to start kindergarten this fall. Here is our interview. Tell me, what is your name? Sophia. And how old are you, Sophia? Five. You're five. When is your birthday? Uh, November 29th. Oh, very good. My birthday's in November, too. Your mommy told me that you're going to be starting kindergarten in the fall. Are you excited? Yeah. What are you most excited about for kindergarten? Um, everything. That's awesome. Has your mommy or daddy tell you that you spent time in the NICU? What's a NICU? That was my next question for you. Do you know what a NICU is? The baby doctor. 
Yes. Yeah. It's where doctors and nurses and nurse practitioners, they, they take care of sick babies. Guess what? What? Our mommy does that. I know she does. Yeah, your mommy is a NICU nurse. What'd you get? What is that? This is from my sister. Oh, very pretty. Did you do preschool? Yeah. And what was your favorite part about preschool? Well, my favorite teacher is Mrs. W. Oh, very good. Do you think that you're a little bit stronger than some of your friends? Yeah. <laughs> so, Sophia, you said you have two boyfriends. Who are your two boyfriends? So the first one, his name is Teddy. And guess what? Well, we're going to a favorite park. And Teddy was at my favorite park. What are the chances? That is so awesome. And the other one is Jensen. Okay. Comes in my new school. And guess what? What? I went to the eye doctor. Oh, what did the eye doctor say? He said, I don't need glasses. That's great. Oh my goodness. She is so cute. Look out, Marissa and Rob. Sophia has boyfriends lining up, it sounds like. Next up is Lane. He was born September 26 in 2016 at 26 weeks gestation. He spent 86 days in the NICU without any major setbacks. He is now six years old. I know you'll enjoy our conversation. Tell me what your name is. Lane. Lane. And how old are you? Six. When did you turn six? September. What's your birthday? September 26, 16, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> shaking her head yes. He got it right. <laughs> and what grade will you be going into this fall in school? First. Very good. How was kindergarten last year? Good. Do you like school? Yeah. What's your favorite part about school? Recess. I was going to say that's what my son always says too is recess. How about what is your favorite subject to learn about in school? Reading. Oh, good. That's good. What are some things that you like to do for fun? Farm. Very good. And do you live on a farm? I live in the country. Okay. So who do you help farm? Matt Wish and United Prairie. I don't know. Yeah. Are they neighbors? Are they friends? Friends, and my dad works for one. Very cool. Have your mommy and daddy, have they ever talked to you at all about, like, when you were born? Yeah. What did they tell you? What do you know about it? Uh, a micropremie. Oh, good job. Do you know what a micropremie is? That I was very tiny. Very good. That's a good job. And do you know then where you had to spend some time after you were born? Do you remember what that was called? NICU. Good job. And what do you think a NICU is? Where tiny babies go after? I don't know. No, that's great. That's absolutely correct. Very good. Yes, it's where all tiny babies or just sick babies have to go and spend. Do you know how many days you had to spend in the NICU? Eight weeks? 86. 86 days. 86 days. Okay. Very good. And do you think, like, when you compare yourself to friends or other kids in your class, do you think, what makes you different? Do you think you're 
funnier or stronger or more silly? I'm a little big guy that's tougher than everybody. Good for you. How would your mommy describe you? What would she say? Like, what are some things that she says? She said, Lane, you are so... Damn cute. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. What about your daddy? What would your daddy say about you? Toughest nail that. That's awesome. Do you see pictures of when you were teeny tiny in the NICU? Yeah, and I'm looking at one right now. Pretty small, weren't you? I know why I'm different than everybody, because I wear jeans and boots all the time. That's awesome. I love that. It's very country. Yeah, that's great. Do you have questions for me at all? What is it like to be a NICU nurse? It's very special because we get to meet little babies just like you. So I was a NICU nurse for a long time. And so that we like feed babies like you, or we take care of you and give you medication. And, and then I'm a nurse practitioner. So I would say, I saw you when you were this big then. Yep. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thanks for having us. I loved talking with Lane. It is so great to hear how well he is doing, and I love his pride in being a country boy. So fantastic. Our next graduate is Miss Juliet. She was born in 2017 at 40 and 1 seventh weeks gestation. She spent 11 days in the NICU due to being septic from chorioamnionitis and was treated with antibiotics. She is now six and a half and cute as ever. Here is our conversation. All right. Can you start by telling me your name, please? Juliet. That's a very pretty name. How old are you, Juliet? Six. Okay. Do you know when is your birthday? When will you turn seven? February. Very good. Good job. Do you know what grade you're going to be going into this fall? First grade. Okay. How was kindergarten? Good. Do you like school? Yeah. What's your favorite part of school? Is it learning or is it being with your friends? Being with my friends. That's great. Do you have a favorite subject in school? Math. Math. Very good. That's fantastic. I'm curious if your, has your mommy or daddy, have they ever talked to you at all about when you were born, where, like where you went after you were born? You spent a little bit of time in the NICU. Do you know what a NICU is? Uh-huh, it's where babies go when when they're kind of sick, when they're born, or they're born kind of early. Very good. Good job. And did you know that you spent a little bit of time in the NICU? Mm-hmm. Do you know why you had to go there? Because I was sick when I was a little baby. Okay. Do you know how many days you had to spend in the NICU? Two. Mom's shaking her head no. <laughs> What did you tell me? 11. Okay, 11 days. Okay, very good. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? Either a human doctor or a veterinarian. Very good. Those are great careers. Do you like animals? Mm Mm-hmm. What's your favorite kind of animal? I have two guinea pigs that I like, and then I have two dogs that I like. Okay, very good. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. Isn't she adorable? Okay, my next interview is with Caleb. He was born at 33 weeks and spent five weeks in the NICU. 
I worked with his mama at the time and absolutely loved taking care of Caleb in the NICU. Here is our chat. Okay, tell me what is your name? Caleb. Caleb, and how old are you? Seven. What are some of your favorite things to do? Go to people's pools, go to the Y, and eat popcorn for dinner. Oh, yeah, that is fun. (laughs) You like to go swimming? Yeah. Good. My son's a little swimmer, too. He enjoys it as well. What grade are you going to be going into this fall? Second grade. Okay. Do you like school? Yeah. What's your favorite subject in school? Recess. (laughs) (laughs) That's a common answer. What's your runner-up favorite to recess? Lunch. (laughs) I love it. What's your best school subject, like math or reading? I would say reading. Good. Caleb, do you think, in general, when you compare yourself to your friends, do you think that you're a little bit stronger than what they are? Or you think you're about the same? I think the same, probably. Okay. And when you are in school, do you feel like it comes pretty natural or easy to you? Like, sometimes easy, sometimes hard. Math is hard, huh? Mostly, yeah. Yeah, math is hard. When your mommy and daddy describe you, what do they say? Do they say, are you sweet? Are you funny? Are you kind? Are you strong? What do they, if they were to describe you? Sweet, I think. Helpful. That too. Yeah. Yeah, you're helpful. Mm-hmm. Are you a good big brother? Do you help mommy and daddy out? Yeah. Did you guys go on a vacation this year? Yeah. Where'd you go? A Joe Island. Good. Are you ready to start school or do you enjoy summer a little bit better? Enjoy summer a little bit better. Did you know that when you were a tiny baby in the NICU that I helped take care of you? Yeah. Did you know that she helped your mommy a lot too? No. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. She took care of you in the NICU. I remember when I got IV in my head. You do? Yeah. I did not like that. No, you probably may not remember it, but I'm sure, yes, when you look at it, it looks a little scary, doesn't it? Did you have any other tubes on or in that picture or just an IV in your head? Did you have a tube in your nose? I don't remember. You had a tube in your nose, too. That's how we got food into you, through your nose. (laughs) Pretty cool. You've come a long way. Is that how you eat now? No. Do you eat well now? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you like meat? No. No. No, not a fan of meat. Not, not like, a lot of type of meat, soft meat, I do not like. Soft meat or hard meat he doesn't like? Hey, I like hard meat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where do you guys live now? In America. Do you live in Illinois? No. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. I just can't even know what this is. What part of Illinois? This part. But by Rockford, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, you've been to a lot of places, though, in your little life. Yeah. Were you in Nigeria? Yeah. And I remember Rachel was there, too. Yeah, Rachel was our neighbor. Oh, very cool. Your mommy and I, we see pictures of each other on this social media platform, so I can still see pictures of you and see how big you're getting and how great you're doing. He told me he's as tall as my breast is. Oh, <laughs> I know. William keeps coming up to me and letting me know how tall he's getting. And then he'll say, Mommy, it makes you so sad, doesn't it? And I said, it makes me so happy, but like sad at the same time that you're getting so big. Bittersweet. It goes too quick. Yep. It goes so fast. All right. Well, thank you for chatting with me. I appreciate your time. Thank okay. you.
It is so amazing to see some of the graduates I helped care for doing so well. Okay, next we have Nina and Mason. They were born at 31 weeks gestation and they just turned eight. Mason graduated from the NICU after spending 37 days there and Miss Nina, otherwise known as Sweet and Sassy, came home after spending 78 days in the NICU. I really enjoyed speaking with them. And their mama is a dietitian who spends some time in the NICU as well. Here is my chat with these two cuties. Hi, how are you? This is, this is Nina. Hi, Nina. How are you? I am good. How old are you? Eight. Did you just have a birthday? June 26th. Very good. What did you do for your birthday? Um, I got a gymnastics mat and I got a stuffed animal puppy and I got a rainbow loom kit and a joke book. Wow. Do you like to tell jokes? Mm-hmm. And I got more stuff. I bet I forgot some of it. Did you have a big party? Not really. I just had family over. Awesome. What are some of your favorite things to do? I like swimming and jumping on trampolines. Fun. What grade are you going to go into this fall? Third. Oh, very good. Are you excited about school? Mm-hmm. Or do you prefer summer? I like school and I like summer. Very good. What are some of your favorite subjects in school? Language arts, social studies, and probably science. Do you like school because you like to study, or do you like to be with your friends, or a little bit of both? I like being with my friends, and I like school because there are new teachers and there's new stuff to learn. That's wonderful. It's a great attitude to have. Have your mommy and daddy, have they ever explained to you some of the things that happened when you and your brother were born? My mom and dad had a name book, so they looked through names in the name book. And when the doctors said that would be sweet and sexy, they said that Nina would be a good name for me. <laughs> that is a good name. Do they talk at all about the time that you spent in the NICU? They said I was born 70 minutes before my brother. 70. Okay, gotcha. So you're older than your brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what the NICU is? It's a place where babies are and people take care of them there. You're exactly right. Yeah. And do you know why you had to spend some time in the NICU? So people could make um, me healthy and they could see if I was getting the right nutrition and they fed me good nutrition stuff. So then I was healthy and then I could be a baby. Yes, exactly right. Now, do you know who came home first from the NICU? Was it you or your brother? I do not know. Okay. And then when your mommy and daddy talk about how special you are, what do they say? What makes you so special? My heart, because they think I got a big heart. That's great. That's a good thing to have. It'll carry you far in life. Mm-hmm. Are you and your brother close? Like, do you guys get along? Not really. We always get in fights, but sometimes we just show each other funny stuff, and sometimes we play together. Well, good. We watch TV together. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll go through stuff where sometimes you won't like each other, but hopefully eventually you guys, especially when you get older, you'll be pretty close. And are you taller than your brother, or is he taller than you? I'm taller than him. Like, if I stood up, like, he would be like this tall. This. I don't think you're correct. He's kind of like this. Stand up. Let's see. 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 Let's
<laughs> what are you doing all that high? And then he's like this tall. Yeah. Do you know what you want to do when you grow up? I think I want to be a teacher. Oh, that's a great thing to be. Do you know what your mommy does in the NICU? Like if she goes there, what is her job? Um, she helps babies if they aren't very healthy. And if they aren't getting the right nutrition, my mom helps the babies. And sometimes she has to go on trips that are kind of far away from here. And she goes there for a few days and I start missing her because she's really nice to me. Yeah, it is hard when mommies and daddies have to go away for a little bit. But usually we only do it if we have to for work. Do you have any questions for me before I talk to your brother? What do you do for your job? For my job, I'm a neonatal nurse practitioner. So I'm one of the practitioners that takes care of babies just like you when you were in the NICU. So I do that. And then I also do this um, just to help other families and other mommies and daddies that have a baby in the NICU. Like when you ask questions to people, does it help you understand what their life is like? Yes, definitely. So this is going to be a podcast. There's a lot of little boys and girls just like you that their first month or few months were spent in the NICU. And my son has also spent a lot of months in the NICU. And so we're just doing a special episode just to talk to NICU graduates like you, because I think you guys are really, really special because you guys had a pretty tough start in the beginning. But look at you now, you're healthy and you're big and strong and smart. What's your son's name? William. That's a good name. Thank you. It's a good, strong name. He just turned nine in April, so he's a year older than you guys. Ooh. I'm going to talk to your brother now, if that's okay. Okay. Thank you for talking to me. You're welcome. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Mason. How are you, Mason? Good. What have you been doing today? Going to camp. Do you get to swim or play, or what do you guys get to do there? Swim, play. Yeah. And are you excited about going into third grade? Yep. Do you prefer summer or do you prefer being in school? Probably in school. Yeah. What's your favorite subject in school? Math. Okay, good. Good for you. Are you and Nina in the same class? Last year, no. This year, I'm not sure. Tell me, have your mommy and daddy, have they ever explained to you like when you were first born, kind of what happened shortly after you were born and anything about that? Yeah. What do you know about it? I went to the NICU. Do you know what a NICU is? A NICU is like a place where you are basically treated to be like kind, nice, and all that stuff. I love that answer. Your sister is telling me that she was born first. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's older technically. Mm -hmm. Do you know who was able to come home from the NICU first? Was it you or your sister? Me. Was it you? Yeah. You're a little rock star on the NICU. That's what your mommy said. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> usually boys are a little bit more ornery in the NICU, and usually girls do better, but it sounds like you did really well. Do you think that you are stronger than other kids your age? Mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Awesome. What does your mommy do? Help babies in the NICU. Good job. Yeah. She helps get them good nutrition. Do you know what you want to do when you grow up? No. That's all right. What are some of your other favorite activities to do? I like to play outside, play games, and sports. Good. Do you and your sister get along? Not really. (laughs) You guys disagree on some things? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all right. I said that'll probably change though. Well, thank you for chatting with me. I appreciate it. Okay. So sweet. I think Nina and I would still be chatting if I didn't have to interview her brother. She was full of questions, which I loved. Okay, sweet Lydia is our next graduate. Lydia was born on July 2nd in 2014. She spent 50 days in the NICU due to gastroschisis, a condition where her stomach and intestines were born outside of her body. She was also a patient of mine, and I remember her and her family very well, and her mother reminded me just why. Listen to find out. Okay, can you tell me your name? Lydia. And Lydia, how old are you now? I'm about to turn nine tomorrow. Oh my goodness, happy early birthday. That's exciting. Are you excited to be nine? Yeah. Yes. What grade are you going to go into this fall then? Fourth. Okay, fourth grade. Very good. Do you like school? Yeah. You do. What's your favorite subject? Art. Oh, fun. What are some other things that you like to do? I like to ride my horse. I like to do gymnastics and read books. Very good. What's your horse's name? Billy. Billy? Mm-hmm. Have you been riding Billy for a long time? Not not really. We got him in January. Okay. Are you nervous or are you getting better? I'm getting better. Good to hear. I'm curious, have your mommy and daddy, have they ever talked to you about or do you kind of know a little bit about what happened like around when you were born? Um, just a little bit that I wasn't born with a belly button. Okay. Do you still have to see special doctors or just your pediatrician? Special doctors. Okay. What kind of doctors do you still see? What do they what do they look at or what do they talk to you about? My belly doctor. Okay. Is it a big deal when you have to go see the belly doctor or is it just you feel like it's kind of part of you growing up? Um, it's not a big deal, but just go to the doctor and then once we walk out, we can go home. Good. I was going to say, I'm sure you'd rather be playing than going to the doctor. Yeah. Because of kind of everything you went through and because you still have to see a belly doctor, do you think that you are maybe a little bit stronger than some other kids your age? Um, not really. Do you have a lot of friends at school? Yeah, I have my best friend lately that we've been best friends for forever. And then I have my friend Raylan that play with a lot at school. We've been with each other since kindergarten. That's fantastic. And I got a lot of other friends that I have made in kindergarten. Very good. And do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, yeah, I have four brothers and one sister. Okay. And your brothers are older, aren't they? Yeah. I have one younger brother, though. Okay. Are your older brothers, do you think they're, they like to watch after you? Are they very protective of you? Yeah, but <laughs> they get kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> brothers can be like that sometimes. <laughs> With the belly doctor, do you have, do you eat different things or do you have any situations that are just a little bit different for you than from other kids? No, not really. I just can't eat a lot of sugar during the day. Yeah, that's probably wise anyway. What do your mom and daddy say about you? Like, how would they describe you? I'm really creative and I draw a lot at school. That's great. Do you know what you want to be when you grow up? It's either being an art teacher 
or going to ride horses my whole life. Very good. Those are those are good careers, good ambitions. Do you know how your mommy and I know each other? No. I was one of the nurse practitioners that helped take care of you when you were in the NICU. I actually just looked at the pictures that you sent. That's how I remember her with the bows and the dark hair. (laughs) I remember those days. Yeah. You mentioned that. And now that I think about it, so you would have been in the NICU the same time that my son was. Mm -hmm. Because when I came back to work in July, he was actually still there. That's so funny. Yes. So you and my son were in the NICU at the same time in the same place. You guys were like neighbors <laughs> in your isolates. You didn't know each other, but. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Well, it was good to see you. Oh my goodness. She is so sweet. Again, it was so great to see how well she is doing and to catch up with Lydia and her mama. Okay, our next featured NICU graduate is the reason I do this podcast, plus so much more. Having him at 23 weeks was definitely not what I ever anticipated. But as you have likely heard me say before, it changed me and forever altered my outlook on life, faith, and love like I could never have imagined. And it changed me professionally as well as an NNP with how I interact with my families, my steadfast support of skin-to-skin care, my strong belief in incessant promotion of family-integrated care, neuropromotion, neuroprotection, and the importance of family engagement and involvement. He is my why and what I am most proud of, my son William. He was born at 23 and 4 sevenths weeks due to a placental abruption. He did have some complications in the NICU, and it was a long road. But overall, his NICU course was fairly benign for being a 23-weeker. He came home to us after 91 days on oxygen and an apnea monitor. Here's my interview with my son, William, who is now nine. So tell me, what is your name? William. William what? Nyberg. And William, how old are you? Nine. When did you turn nine? In April. What are some of your favorite things to do? Go swimming. Yeah, you're a great swimmer, aren't you? Yeah. What else do you like to do? Play basketball. Okay. What grade are you going to go into this fall? Third. Are you excited about school? Yep. What are some of your favorite subjects? Math and handwriting. Do you prefer being in school or do you prefer summertime? Summertime. I hear you on that. Me too. What do you know about about the time when you were born? I was the cutest baby in the land. You were the cutest baby in the land. That is for sure. And what else do you know? My head was the size of my daddy's finger. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, it was very tiny. Because what kind of a baby were you? I was a teeny tiny baby. You were a teeny tiny baby, yeah. Do you know why you were born early? I came out of here, Tommy, because I didn't feel good. You think that's what it was? Yeah. Okay. Where did you spend your time after you were born? In the NICU. And what is the NICU? It's a hospital. What do they do in the NICU? What were we doing when you were in the NICU? The nurses and the doctors took good care of me. They did. And they were, what, trying to make you grow and... Make me feel better. Yeah. Do you think you remember any of that when you were in the NICU? What do you remember? I was really sick after I came out of your tummy. 
Yep, you definitely were. You were very tiny and very sick. How many days were you in the NICU? How many days did until you came home? 91. Yeah, you're exactly right. Good job. When you came home, do you remember any of that? Or, or what do you know about when you came home? I still had my machine. Yep, you still had a machine on. And what else? You still had a machine on and you were on a monitor, right? An apnea monitor? Yeah. Yeah. And after that, you just kept getting bigger and bigger, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what mommy does in the NICU? She protects babies. I sure do. Yeah. Just like you. Do you think your time in the NICU makes you stronger or different or anything like that? Makes me different. It does make you a little different. Do you know how so? How do you think it makes you different? Like my voice changes as I get older. Yeah. What else? My bones get bigger. Uh Uh-huh. I get stronger. Yeah. Do you think being in the NICU made you tougher than other kids your age? Because you've been through so much or not really? Yeah. It did? Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty what? What do we say? Strong. You're pretty strong and feisty. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you came out, it was the only choice you had. Is that why you think? You just continue to be that way? Yeah. What else do mommy and daddy say that you are? You're such a cute boy. Yes, we do. What else? You're so handsome. We do say you're handsome. What else? You have a what? Good heart. You do have a good heart. Yeah. You're also very what? Stubborn and determined? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you are. Do you think being born so early makes you a little bit more special or different? Special. Yeah, it sure does. What do we say about, like, with you being born early, that God had what? He took care of me. Yeah, and he has a special what? God has a special plan for me. He sure does. Do you think that you remember any of this stuff about being in the NICU? Yeah. What do you remember? That time when you gave me a bath. Yes, we've watched a video, haven't we? What did you used to do with your oxygen, with your sheen? I kept on trying to pull it off. Yes, yeah, you sure did. William, do you know what you want to be when you grow up? A pilot. You do? Yeah. I knew that, though, didn't I? What kind of a pilot do you want to be? I want to fly the 747. Okay, and do you want to fly passengers or... Do you know what kind of pilot you want to be yet? A cargo pilot. Very good. Why the 747? I like big airplanes. That's awesome. All right. Thank you for letting me interview you. You're welcome. William Narbrook, signing out. Thanks, bud. Oh, William, my boy. Okay, from here, we will move on to two adults who were born premature. First is Marissa. You probably recall you met her daughter, Sophia, earlier in the episode. Marissa was born in 1989 and was born somewhere between 32 to 34 weeks. Although her mother's memory of Marissa's time in the NICU is foggy, likely due to her suspected HELP syndrome, she does remember bringing her home after two weeks on an apnea monitor. Her mother also had to listen to her heart rate each day and administer theophylline to her. Wow, how times have changed. Take a listen. So tell me where you guys live. Tell me about your family. And then Sophia mentioned, but what you do for a living. So we live in Mokina, Illinois. And Rob and I have been together for, oh gosh, 
15 plus years. We got married. We had Sophia on our fourth wedding anniversary. And so that was the best and worst anniversary gift at the same time. And so it's me, Rob, Scarlett, my youngest, and Sophia. We have a dog, Sadie, and she's been with us through it all. Mm -hmm. And I am a NICU nurse. I did level three for about three years. And then when I worked with you, I was there for five and still currently at a level two for about three years now. Very good. And we'll get back to Sophia here in a little bit, but told me that you actually were born prematurely and spent some time in the NICU. So tell me what you know about that or what your parents may have shared with you. Yeah. So my mom was first generation in the United States. So there was not a lot of like medical background. So she was admitted for what they called toxemia back in the 80s. I was born in 89. And so I don't think they coined help yet or even knew what that was about. The more I would talk to her, I was like, oh my gosh, mom, like you absolutely had help syndrome. She pretty much had a C-section. She just said that they just strapped her down, took the baby out, and then she kind of doesn't remember what happened for the next three days. Wow. All I know is that she said that her platelets were extremely low. She still has like the scars from all the platelet draws that they were doing. And back then, they didn't do a lot of screening for the blood, so my mom refused all blood products. Yeah, like super, super scary. We had a family member that had contracted hepatitis C from a blood transfusion. So there was kind of that in the back of her head and not really, you know, knowing the dangers of having a platelet level that low. And she talked about how her stomach hurt, liver involvement. She talked about how her urine looked like molasses and she had handed it to the nurse and the nurse was like, how long has it been like this for? And she's like, oh, maybe a couple weeks. Like she had, she had no idea. And so I hear all this stuff and I'm like, I just wish I could have like just seen some medical records and see what was going on. I was like, what were my APGARs? Like, what did that look like? She's like, all I knew was I got a little Polaroid picture in the ICU. And that's how she saw me for the first time was through a Polaroid picture. Wow. And she still has that picture. And it's like, I have my little like scalp IV. I have, you know, the, the leads and everything like that. Like, oh my gosh. So as far as like gestation, she says 34 weeks, but when I, you know, try to calculate it out, it looked more like 32. So I don't know if just like dating was wrong or what ended up happening, but I was only in the NICU for about two weeks. Okay. So, and then I was discharged on an apnea monitor and theophylline. And she just said it was so scary to try to have to listen to my heart rate before administering the theophylline. And she's like, that was the worst. And she had people take a CPR class because that's what the NICU team had said. Like, if anybody's going to be babysitting, they need to know how to do CPR. And she just remembers my grandma, you know, doing the whole test. And then at the end of it being like, please don't ask me to watch her. Like everyone was scared of me. And so my mom was really like isolated and just, you know, she definitely went through some like postpartum depression when I talked to her about it. Um, And she just said it was like extremely lonely, extremely isolating. My dad worked and it was just me and her against the world until, you know, she got pregnant with my sister. Okay. Wow. Right. Because it's hard to know what they knew back then or what they didn't know or what pieces she may have totally forgotten due to her own 
trauma or just, you know, I know we yeah, are with help syndrome, a lot of that just escapes them as far as memory and whatnot. So terrifying on, because I know, like I said, back then they did the apnea monitors and the theophylline and you're already just so afraid. And then you've got to take care of this baby by yourself. And yeah, I'm sure that was very, very difficult for her. Did it mean anything to you back when you were younger? Like even like Sophia's age or a little bit older when she talked about that you were born early and did that, I mean, did that mean anything different to you? when you were little. I mean, so, you know, we kind of were like, I could have been taller. I could have been this. I could have been that, like those kind of things. But I didn't really know what it meant to be like a NICU graduate until I started in this field. Because it really wasn't, it wasn't talked about a lot. What happened to me, what happened to my mom, it's kind of very, nobody really knew what it was. And everyone's like, well, the baby's fine and mom's fine. And like, that's it. No need, no need to talk about it anymore. And I think that's where a lot of people like fall short, especially with like birth trauma and all that stuff. It's like, it doesn't really end there. So yeah, I was just thinking as you were saying that, I know partially it's a generational thing, but perhaps even there was a cultural component to it that even with my parents, some of the stuff, they don't talk about it or share it. And certainly, obviously, social media wasn't a thing back then. But even amongst their friends or their family, it just wasn't common to share your, whether it's grief or trauma. And I'm thankful that things are a lot different now, because I think it obviously helps people work through it. I think part of it is acknowledging and working through it. So it makes me sad, you know, even for people like your mom and other people that went through it, who even felt like they couldn't share it or talk about it openly, because kind of like you said, like, the baby's fine. Why are we still focusing on this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Do you think any of your personality traits are attributed to just even being born prematurely or your time in the NICU or kind of like what you're talking about? It's hard to know. Well, I mean, now that you mentioned like the shyness and kind of like looking at things before like jumping in, I'm very much like that. I'm very shy, very much a wallflower. It takes me a long time to kind of jump in there, especially like in big social situations. That's my husband. My husband can do that. He can go mingle, do the talking. I like to listen and watch. You and I would be at a corner table having a drink together while our husbands were working the room because that's what I always say. I'm like, I'm in the corner table with a couple of my good girlfriends and then, you know, he's out working the room. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. Do you think that your nursing career in general or specifically working in the NICU, that any of that is attributed to being born early? So I actually when I was in nursing school, wanted to work with dementia patients. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work in that. And then I had done one of my clinical rotations, like the very last one senior year, I got the opportunity to work in the NICU. And I was like, oh, like, this is it. Like, this is like where I'm meant to be. You know, I was like, I was in the NICU. So this is like, you know, full circle. So I was super excited. And everyone was kind of like, are you sure? Like, do you want to do that? I was like, yes, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I've been doing it for 10 years now. I really love what I do. And I feel like after Sophia's delivery, especially, I've been able to just completely empathize with families and be like, I have been in your shoes, the unknown, the, the fear, the anxiety, everything. I am with you. And I always tell my families, like, I am going to take care of your baby, like, they were mine because I know what it's like to leave a piece of my heart in the hands of somebody else. Yes, that's well amazing that you say that because I had great nurses. But if anybody said that to me, that would have made me feel so comfortable. 
and it's a unique perspective that you were given. And I always say I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but just like you said, it definitely changes your career and everything about you. I mean, you cannot go through a NICU stay with your child and not be changed personally, but then when you're in the field to have it affect you professionally as well. It's quite life-changing. I apologize for ending my great discussion with Marissa there, but she and I discussed in a lot more detail about Sophia's delivery and a little bit more about birth trauma and NICU trauma and how her delivery with her second daughter unexpectedly changed her perspective. And we will cover all of that plus a lot more on a future episode. But it is so interesting to me and actually quite sad that it was so taboo to talk about everything Marissa's mom went through. I am so thankful we have learned more about maternal mental health and the benefits of speaking openly about trauma, PTSD, and postpartum depression. Okay, last but definitely not least is Christina. She was born at 24 weeks in 1986. She spent 212 days in the NICU. She is now 36 years old and shares her perspective as a former 24-weeker, including everything she went through, the therapy she had to continually endure as a child, what finally made her laugh as a baby and continues to today, and why it is so important for her to share her personal experience. Let's listen now. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. If you could just share with us your name and where you live and what you do for a living or what if you're a student or what you have going on. Sure, sure. My name is Christina Gagnon and I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I currently work at my dad's office, but right now I'm helping my mom as her caretaker. And I'm also doing being a uh, guest on podcasts, as well as finishing up my memoir and editing it right now. And then I'm going to send it off to my editor for hopefully um, publishing it, traditional uh, publisher. So here's hoping that I guess everything that I hope for, that I I dream of. So it's going on the right track so far. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. So uh, my book is about uh, being a micro preemie, but coming it from my perspective rather than having it come from the parents' perspective, because it's always from the parents' perspective and never from the one who's that's actually been through it. Usually when it's from the parents' side, you usually get an update from when they're a teenager, but never from an adult. And you never hear from what the struggles they've had. And it's like, well, you know what? I want to change that, kind of break that cycle a bit. So I'm doing that. I love that. Thank you. Thanks. So tell me a little bit then about just your delivery, you know, when you were born, your time in the NICU, I guess from obviously what you know, from what your parents have told you, just the generalization of all of that. Sure. I was born in October of 1986. What happened was my mom had gotten a bloody show when she shouldn't have. It happened in the middle of the night. She woke up my dad and he took her to the hospital and they saw two heartbeats. They didn't know that there were twins, but sadly there was a miscarriage. They tried to keep me in, but that wouldn't happen. And so I was born C-section on October 30th. At like 6.15 in the evening, I was born at one pound, eight ounces, 14 inches long. And 
they immediately took me away from her. My mom was under anesthesia. And so everything began from there. I had um, PDA ligation. Uh, do you know what that is? I do. Okay. I, I have that. I had collapsed lungs 44 times. I had necrotizing intercolitis three times. And ROP, RLF, but uh, that disease fixed itself. There is no evidence of it anymore. We had this other doctor and he was like, oh, no, 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 the, everything's fine. The disease fixed itself. And my mother was elated. She couldn't believe it. She felt like flying home. And when the doctors handed, finally handed over uh, me to my parents, they said, don't expect much from this child. They were expecting me to be on um, ventilators and, and tubes and all that. They were expecting me to be in a um, institution, you know, not having a life being brain dead. And I guess you could say that I fooled the doctors a lot. <laughs> that really surprised them in the end. And I also had gangrene. That happened from a IV that unfortunately got infiltrated. Then it got infected it in my foot and it caused gangrene. My left foot was shiny and black, and so I lost all of my toes, and I lost about seven bones, and I, I can walk. I'm able to walk and run and play and skip and all that, but I'm just a little slower. Uh, some people say that I'm an amputee, but I'm not, but I've been physically handicapped ever since birth. Do you know at like what gestation or how many weeks you were when you were born, and then- yes. How many days did you end up spending in the NICU? Yes, I was 24 weeks gestation and I was in the hospital for 212 days. Okay. So what was it like for you growing up from whenever you kind of your early memories and just even as a child and through school with some of the handicaps and things that you've had, what was that like for you? It was tough. I was put on the school bus at two because I would I would fall back mentally and my parents didn't want me to fall back mentally. They have this type of uh, school for kids like me at this hospital. We had specialists and therapists come in and help us from what I can remember. So I had a lot of therapists and doctors. I mean, because when I get home from the hospital, after being there for seven months, you know, I was immediately greeted by therapists. Wow. And have you continued to have different therapies or when did those kind of stop? Or do you remember any of that? Um, yeah, I had therapy throughout my childhood and my adolescence, but it stopped throughout my adolescence. And I just didn't need it anymore. I had a lot of doctor's appointments throughout my childhood. It was constant. I was cheated throughout my childhood because of that. Uh, yes, I did have a childhood, but it was stolen because of it. Did you have like a G-tube or were you on oxygen or anything like that? Do you know when you came home? I didn't have a G-tube. I had, I believe I had oxygen. Okay. I think I had oxygen, but I didn't need it for that long. Okay. And if you remember, do you remember like, did you enjoy your interactions and your time with a the therapist or was it like a nuisance to you as a child? No. I hated the therapist. I hated the interaction because after I was done with the therapist, my parents would try to interact with me and I'd be just like looking around the room, like don't want to pay, pay attention to me. Just leave me alone, you know, things like that. And I never cried. I was just 
serious. But my sister would play with me. And one time she made me laugh and I began to chuckle. And because of her, even now, she still makes me laugh. She was my saving grace, my sister. She's always been my saving grace. She's always known to make me laugh. And so without her, I don't know where I'd be without my sister. We've been always super close. I mean, yes, we fight and all, but we're really close knit. And we're very lucky to have each other. And I think it's a very special bond that we have with each other. And I'm very blessed to have her as my sister. And so I got out of that rut I was in, that preemie rut, I guess you'd say. And I got to be me because of her. She still makes me laugh Mm -hmm. and goofy and being goofy and all that. So at 36. uh, That's fantastic. Do you think that she took like almost like a protective role of you? Like was she very overprotective of you or just more like friendly sisterly banter? Both. She took an adult role at four years old. She never complained or cried or anything like that. Like a typical four-year-old, she knew it was an important job. She knew deep down inside of her. She was like, okay, this is important. And she just took it from there. Well, I mean, what four-year-old does that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think just kind of everything that you went through as a baby, that it has shaped your personality? Tell me a little bit more about like how you think that's impacted you. Well, it's made me a strong person because I've been through so much and I've conquered a lot. I mean, because I I know what real pain is. So it's made me a strong person by all the things that um, that I've overcome with. I know a lot of premature kids. I mean, sometimes they're a little bit shy and reserved. Was it hard for you to make friends because you felt like you were a little bit different because of everything you had been through? Or what was that like for you? No, it wasn't. It wasn't difficult. But as I got older, towards my young adulthood, it did because I at the time I had undiagnosed Asperger syndrome. I mean, it's better now, mm-hmm. especially with doing more podcasts. I become more confident with talking with people. I've, I've had this confidence now of, of uh, making it easier to talk to uh, people and speak out, which I've never had before. That's great. And what do you think is the benefit, whether like speaking on podcasts or even your book, what makes you want to speak out and to share your story? Well, mostly because uh, there wasn't the medical technology back in 1986 compared to what we have now. There was nothing back then. Everything was trial and error. And I want to help people for people to learn like, hey, this happened back then. I want to be resourceful for NICU parent and This is what my mom did. She wrote a ton of notes. She spoke to a lot of doctors and she wasn't scared to talk to doctors. She was very adamant talking to doctors and nurses. And there might be some people out there that would be intimidated talking to doctors because of sometimes, I guess, of their hierarchy that they have, you know, because they have that medical license. But don't be scared with talking with them. You have to put uh, your foot down. And you have to advocate for your for your child. Exactly. Because I believe it was the chief of neonatology that said this to my mom. He said, Mrs. Gagnon, you be the parents, we be the doctors. It's like, really? Are you the one paying the medical bills? <laughs> Even more bill? so, it's not his child, you know? Yeah. That's where people just don't get it. You think yeah. that you can say that, but it's just, that's impossible when somebody is caring for your child. Yeah. 
And if you could share with other NICU children that feel like they're struggling at times or that they're going to all these therapy appointments and all the things that you've been through, what would you tell them if they're feeling down or they're having a hard time in school or what would you like tell them to kind of motivate them or just to encourage them? Take it easy. Don't be stressed out. I know it's difficult, but take it day by day. You got this. If I can get through this, you can get through this. I'm here if you need me. I will invisibly hold your hand. You know, I'm here for you in spirit. I love that. I love your perspective because like you said in the beginning, there's a lot of parents because I can speak from the parent perspective. Once you have a baby in the NICU, you are thrown into a community of people who have all been through something very difficult that nobody understands except for NICU parents. And I love that you're willing to share your perspective. And I hope and pray that your memoir gets published because there's so many NICU graduates, right? Like we just mm-hmm. don't, some people were not born nearly as early as you and they, they know that they were early, but they don't know a lot about it. And I think even from when you were born, you know, it wasn't a thing to talk about your feelings and struggles. And a lot of that like has come to light, even I think for parents and, you know, for children like you. So I love that you're sharing your story and I love that you're out there on social media and just trying to help other families and other NICU children, because I think your perspective is very important. Thank you. Thanks so much. And also that's what I want for my book is to help people. I want the opportunity to help people. I mean, yes, I can't be a doctor, you know, but I want to contribute in some form of of way, you know, hopefully this will um, get published. And I'm I'm working really hard, you know, with the editing right now. But um, I just I want to be there for people and say, hey, this is what happened to me. Maybe this is happening to you a little bit. Right. Because I'm sure just as I think NICU parents a lot of times feel alone in the process, I think a lot of the NICU children do too. And it's not like they can be on social media and be out there, but obviously as they get older, you know, hopefully they can be connected to you and to other people just to help them through. That's why I do it too, is I just don't want anybody to ever feel alone in the process. And we certainly don't want our children to either. Thank you again. And keep doing what you're doing and going on podcasts and keep me posted on your memoir and I'm happy to support it or do whatever I can to get it out there. I've been through a lot. And so I think it's so fantastic to hear from people that are on the other side and not that you don't have daily struggles. I mean, we all do, but it's just a matter if you can talk about openly what helped you through. And I think it's really important to share because everybody has struggles. Thank you again. And I appreciate you joining me and I just have loved talking with you. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much to Christina and all of my NICU graduates and their parents for allowing us a little insight and to hear their perspective as NICU graduates. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did creating it. It was so great to catch up with some of my former patients, but to also get a better understanding in general from all of our NICU graduates that we interviewed. We have so much to continue to learn in neonatology, but in the process, we cannot forget the voices of the children and adults who actually went through it all. Again, thank you so much to all of my guests and their parents. It truly was an honor to speak with each of you. For our show notes that include additional details on each of our guests, 
as well as their pictures from their time spent in the NICU to now, head to empoweringnicuparents.com forward slash episode 50. And as always, please consider sharing this episode with someone who will gain some value from it. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Empowering NICU Parents podcast and have an amazing day. Remember, once empowered with knowledge, you have the ability to change the course. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Empowering NICU Parents podcast. For the show notes and any links mentioned in the episode, head to empoweringnicuparents.com. I would love to hear more from you on the topics you want to hear. So make sure you let me know in the comments section. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode and consider leaving a rating. Five stars would be awesome so we can help other NICU families. Remember, if you have any questions or concerns with your NICU baby, please consult their medical care team. Until next time, friends. Bye.